Hi, this is Ruth. And Darren. From the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. And we love listening to the Longbox Crusade. You're listening to the Longbox Crusade Podcast, Episode 28, featuring Web of Spider-Man, number 39, cover dated June of Welcome to the 28th episode of the Longbox Crusade. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. The Longbox Crusade is a podcast where each episode, a random cover, month, and year is chosen, and then an issue is selected from one of the Longbox Crusade crew members' comic collection. This episode is featuring Devlin's pick. So each episode, we will summarize, review, and reminisce about the issue, ads, and events of that time period. But we're not doing this alone. We are joined by Jarrett Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Pro. Oh, thank you, Pat. Thank you. I just, just wish I wasn't so useless to the show, man, since I hurt so my leg. So yeah, I think we all agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, bit, that bit turned on me. I, I got bit, <laughs> bit by the bit. All right. Guys, I don't know why you're being so angry at me. I was just trying to talk to you, and next thing I know, you're getting all mad at me for I don't know what. I just feel useless ever since I hurt my leg. How'd you hurt your leg? I'm not sure. They didn't give me that back. Sorry, (laughs) I don't know. My ring went missing. Something about a watch. I, you know what? Screw this bit. I'm off the show. I quit the show. I'm trying to count how many times you've said that now. You're still here. I got no place else to go. (laughs) See? You're not useless, then. (laughs) Check in with somebody else. All right. Well, speaking about somebody else, let's go ahead and check in with Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. Hi, Pat. Hello. Just want to let you guys know. I mean, like, I might not look like much, a little bit scraggly, a little bit shabby. I'm stronger than I look. I just want to let you guys know that. Same here. I got my my beard's kind of getting kind of scraggly and... Yeah, I mean, you do that sometimes, you know, people take you for granted. If you had, like, incredible strength, as you're implying, why in the world would you live the life of a homeless person? Don't ask questions. All right, no further questions. (laughs) And if if you're that strong, couldn't you just barge into somebody else's and just take a shower or something? Mm. Clean yourself up. Yeah. I mean, why shower when there's booze to be had? Mm. Mm, Touche. Booze. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking about booze, let's go ahead and see how the Weasel Skull is doing. Jason, the Weasel Skull, is here with us. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Pat, um, notice you're not wearing your watch. Um, Where do you keep that watch, just out of curiosity? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. I'm not wearing my watch. I do keep it in the house, though. I just left it there for now because I didn't want to bring it out when I podcast, you know. It's just too much weight on my hand. 
So that would be your house, and and just you know, just asking mm-hmm. out of curiosity. But where in your house do you keep that exactly? Oh, it's I just keep it on a little one of my drawers mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think okay. it's about the third drawer there. Third, so. third yeah. drawer. Okay. Yeah, I like it in there. All right. Okay. Thanks. So you know, if you see me <laughs> wandering around your neighborhood. Pure coincidence, man. Yeah. Just go well, here. Let, let me give you some change, just in case you're going to come by. Let me give you some money. Thank you, because I was trying to scrape together enough coin to take a cab to. Um... Ah, don't worry about it. It's on me. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, man. You're welcome. You have no idea how much it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Tip so of really- the day: Just go straight to. Uh, I think it's Giovanni's. He's the only guy who's going to buy that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That guy's got no scruples whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> It's all worth something. Why? You know? Why did you say you don't wear the watch when you podcast? Because you I didn't it was want heavy. To, yeah, it was heavy. You know, it weighs so my like, hand down. Yeah, it's like too much time on your hands. Yes, exactly. Too much time on my hands. All right. Too much time on my hands. That's actually what's inscripted on it in the back of it. So that may be a little bit. Special to me as well. Time does not exist in this podcast dojo, does it? No, Sensei. Fear does not exist in this podcast dojo, does it? Occasionally, Sensei. Fair enough. <laughs> sweep the leg. All right. Well, speaking about sweeping the leg, let's go ahead and do a quick sweep around of crusades, current crusades that are going on right now. And we will start with Jared. What's your current crusade? I'm currently on a crusade to. Take my latest James Bond autographed acquisitions. One is a Max Zorin Christopher Walken autograph that my brother got me for Christmas. Oh. It was sweet. The other is Miriam Diabo, who played the Bond girl in The Living Daylights. She is sweet. And I got that one from our friend Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. And I think he does some kind of a movie show on the network. I'm not certain. Maybe on Mondays. I think it comes out like once every six months or something like but now big ups to Jason and Rick for those James Bond autographs. I recently acquired the new frames. I'm going to have to shift a little bit of this behind me around. But that's the current crusade. Get those properly framed and hung up. Cool. Sounds very interesting. I can't wait to see them. And I can't wait to enjoy some of my own Bond paraphernalia coming to me from Jason and Rick. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I got you a pretty baller uh, James Bond 007 uh, pocket watch. Well, I keep that in the same drawer. Okay. With the other one, yeah. Because the one I got you was a cheap piece of ass, man. Oh, (laughs) I thought it was. I wanted to keep it safe, you know. I thought it was a good one. So maybe I'll have to take it over. No, it's a good one. It comes from a long line of cheap bastards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cheap bastards the next generation. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, I see. Well, speaking about that apple and cheap bastards, let's go ahead and talk to Jason the Weasel Skull. What's your current crusade? Well, kind of similar to Jared, it's pretty interesting because I'm still kind of getting used to living alone in the house now. So I sent you guys a picture of what I did on one of my office walls where I put a lot of my, you know, original comic book art, things that I've collected at cons and things up. Well, that left a blank space on the opposite wall, and I was trying to figure out what to do with that. And as I was going through a closet, I found I had a stack of art from one of the cons we went to, a couple of really nice pieces by Philip Tan. I ordered a couple of frames. I like Jared to get them properly framed, and I'm going to 
hang them up on this blank spot up on the wall. That's philatastic. Damn it. I didn't. No, forget it. Philatastic. I don't know. Fan. The pieces are there. Build your own joke. Delvin, what's your current crusade? Fantastic. I got it. Thank you. Appreciate you. You know, I got you. Oh, things are about to get busy. He was about to throw a tantrum. Sorry. Go ahead. Carry on. Things are about to get busy for me because, uh, yeah, the wife and I just got a house. So we're going to be moving soon. So the good news is that we got a house. The bad news is we got a house. And we got to move. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain of the audience. Delvin's been podcasting homeless for these last several years. <laughs> <laughs> With the booze that he's been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of dovetails nicely at today's issue. Yeah. The sound quality has stayed pretty good th- throughout, though, because I mm-hmm. am a professional. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pat, has anyone yeah. asked you about what you're doing? What is your present and current crusade? Well, Devlin, I'm glad that you asked. And let me tell you, I think the theme is for all of us is stuff to do with the home or the house this time around. Lately, the last few weeks, as you guys know, I've been sending you some pictures of the home improvements that I've been doing. Um, Yeah, yeah. I got bruises and I almost cut off my finger. I got all that stuff. So I'm a man's man doing some work around the house here. And I get myself hurt, too, because I don't know how to use tools properly careful pat we need your fingers for editing (laughs) (laughs) that's true it is nine i think i just spell things a little bit differently now because of that finger but i've been doing some home improvements in the living room and in our hallway laying down some flooring doing some painting and that's been taking me a little bit longer so it continues on here so that is my current crusade to get that done in a little while I'm not filled with confidence with that in a little while. Like, I don't think you gave yourself a date to be completed. Well, I, I did, but... Come on, man. I need optimism. If you're going yeah. to hunt Moby Dick, you pack the tartar sauce, man. All right. I'm going to say... Yeah. <laughs> tartar sauce. What? Let's move I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm just going to leave that one there. <laughs> tartar sauce, Moby Dick, and... Okay, we're done. Okay. All right. Well, with that, we want to invite you to be a part of the show by submitting your comments and memories, which will be read later on in the show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website lawnboxcrusade.com. Please add the podcast to your favorite podcasting feed or on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by the handle at Crusade. We hope you come along with us on this crusade, too. Read them all and find out what's in your long box. But for now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break from a friend of the show. We will be right back. All right, our bags are packed and we got the snacks. It's time for the Lombox Crusade road trip to the Lombox Mobile crew. Check on, check on. Dang, Dang it. Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty, Gene will have more space to record episodes of LBC Irregulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series. Oh no! Did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's gonna need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan films. Why are you speaking in such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax. I asked 
Rick or was it Jeff? Who can remember? I asked the attic guy to come down from time to time to check in on Clint. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday Movie Muck about his movie review show. Weasel Skull, did you give Rick the key to the basement? Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Probe. Right you are, Christados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm going to pick up some Transformers and G.I. Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and G.I. Joe Chronicles. Our show's going through the Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Due run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch for action film face-off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one is the episode champion. Is that VHS or Beta? Eh, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the Amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey recovery. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the Pure Lombok's Crusade episodes, our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusade. Good thinking. If time permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more positrons for our Pop Culture Positcast show, the one where we find all the good stuff in pop culture that others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey, out-of-business store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater, our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Long Box Crusade? Once again, that's Long Box Crusade, available on all your finer podcatchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers Roasters that you see. Or Pentagons. Burger Chef! Welcome back from the break. Today's adventure from the Long Box is from Delvin's Collection and... It is Web of Spider-Man number 39, cover dated June 1988. Credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of June 1988. Its on-sale date was February 2nd, 1988, but we're going by the cover this time. Cover price is just $1. Editor is Jim Salkrup. Writer is Fabian Nicieza. Penciler is Alex Saviak. Anchor, Keith Williams. Letterer, Rich L. Parker. And colorist, the nasty colorist that she can be, is Janet Jackson. Miss Jackson? We're nasty. Color me nasty. Color me hmm. nasty, yes. Maybe. She can, Maybe. She can sing. She can dance. She can color. I, you, to color, color correctly, you have to have a lot of control. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you do need music on your side. To break the color lines. Yeah. Something, something, rhythm nation. <laughs> that's the way coloring goes. That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> <laughs> this could be. That was for the episode. Yep, we, yeah, we got it. Going through the Jan Jackson song there. I got it. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, speaking about having some fun, let's go ahead and find out the cover credits, who they go to. 
Penciler is Tom W. Morgan with Inker Mike. Now they know why we picked this. Still inking in 1988. Wow. You go, Mike. Mm-hmm. You go. Can't stop. Won't stop. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get a quick cover description from Jared. It's got that for your eyes only look about it. But let's start with more of the basic. It has the swinging Spider-Man and he extends the arms in a purple <laughs> corner box with a very 80s Marvel logo atop the box. And breathe! <laughs> Good! The Web of Spider-Man title is white, like the snow at St. Moritz. It's got red highlights, and ironically, it doesn't have the webs. Ain't gonna be Web of Spider-Man having anyway. The main action is shot from between the legs, for your eyes only style, of our shadowy antagonist as Spider-Man is crouched down, ready to be Emil locked in combat. Our favorite web-slinger shouts, You've committed your last crime. Now you're going to pay, and a single cover blurb reads retribution, much like we got for Ferrara. Yeah, he's obviously, they took that image just before the uh, ATAC. Ah, I was trying to work ATAC into that, and I couldn't remember where you when I needed you. Well done. Those are all for you guys only references for those of you who don't listen to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, which you totally should, because we're over on that network. I, Christatos, gets it. Mm-hmm. He gets lots of things. He gets yeah, but cigarettes get- and... Yep. You know, pistachios. But no heroin. No, no heroin. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and find out what you guys think about the cover and the art for this cover. We will start with Jason. Originally kind of underwhelmed. The shadowy attacker takes up the vast majority of the cover. I get they're going for a mysterious kind of look here. But for me, you know, I kind of like to know who the villain is. Uh, it looks like somebody's getting ready to move in the background. So, uh, Delvin, you might want to see if they got a good deal on that moving truck. Will do. But I do like Spider-Man. I like the pose that he's in. I like the Spider-Sense tingling. And for whatever reason, when I think of Web of Spider-Man, cause, uh, maybe because I collected, uh, collected like the earlier issues, I was thinking of him in the black costume. So I kind of had that mindset when I first started reading this. And I was like, oh, Cool, it's a classic red and blue. So I was kind of uh, happy that it's red and blue uh, Spider-Man. But yeah, I think it's a a solid cover, you know, technically, but nothing really stands out to me. Delvin, what's your thoughts? Reminds me a little bit, a little bit of Ross Andrew, a little bit. And so it's a classic kind of look to it. So I, I I like that much about it. It seems simple enough. And for some reason, I, I guess you could say if they didn't let you know who the villain was, either it was going to be an all-time shocker or one that was just not going to be really that good. So they wanted you just to open it. Yeah. Yeah. The looter. The looter. What what does the looter do? I guess he, he loots. We, we can get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that kind of a loot. Wait, is a loot a stringed instrument? I can't remember. I think the loot is a loot. Yeah, it's stringed. I went wrong on that. I think you were thinking flute. Yeah, I got confused. Look, look, I was with you, Jared. One way or the other. Anyway, that's, that's probably the book. So, yeah, it, it's not a bad cover. And for whatever reason, I was also digging the Marvel logo. 
with Spidey swinging like that. And for the life of me, I don't know who's who drew it. It is driving me nuts. Does anyone know who drew that uh, corner box? I don't, but I do like that. I see what you're saying. That is a pretty cool cover box. Yeah, or I like it. Breaking the box so, here. It's cool. Yeah, I like the man in the box. Uh, let me pass it to Pat. Your turn, sir. I do agree with you on this, Delvin. I think what you said is kind of a classic look, kind of takes it back that way. But I also agree with Jason where there isn't much really going on with this one. Maybe it's the big yellow background of it or just kind of what's happening with the house. I don't understand it, but it's there. It's not one of the most iconic looking covers. And it would probably be a cover that I'm not going to remember after I've read so many, many other ones. But it's all right. Jared, what's your thoughts? What is interesting about the corner box, though, is for the longest time, as Jason Klein, the the corner box for that was the exact same pose, but black outfit. And I like the fact that they switched the detail as he's switching back to his red and blue. Anyway, my thoughts on the cover all largely echo Jason's and yours. It's, it's meh, got the job done. Really put me in mind of that Kingpin cover we had back on Chronicles, which was another Free Eyes right, only yeah. stock cover. The immature person in me looked like whoever the shadowy figure was just pooped out of Spider-Man. Now you can't unsee that. But aside from that, I mean, it's nice to see Esposito back. It's good, not great. Not super memorable, but, you know, not bad. Web of Spider-Man. See, but I think that Kingpin one is memorable to me because I don't know who this guy was. Mm, Good point. Good point. Yeah, it's more memorable because you see it's a Kingpin with his purple pants from the Uh men's warehouse. Mm -hmm. Big and tall. He's a husky. Husky, yeah. All right. Well, with the cover discussion out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into the story synopsis with Delvin. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like guys. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big pain. Wherever there's a hang you'll find a Spider-Man. The title of this book is Petty Crimes. The action opens with Spidey stopping a mugger from accosting a homeless woman. What was he going to get from a homeless woman? No idea. These times are so uncertain. There's a yearning undefined. People fill with rage. We all need a little tenderness. I'm getting off track. Spidey is in a costume so threadbare that even the homeless woman literally picks at it. And Spidey webs away before he's uh, caught naked. So we cut to Nathan Lubinsky, who tells his story about missing his love, Mae Parker, because they've grown apart. Another way of saying that is, if I were Nate. I'm learning to live without you now. May. But I miss you sometimes. Anyway, the bomb that Nate was kind enough to feed some change to promptly breaks into Nathan's place right afterwards and tries to fence the goods that he's stolen. 
Meanwhile, Mary Jane helps Pete out by talking with an old true friend of hers by talking on the phone and gets that dude to make Pete some brand new Spidey duds. After getting a call from Aunt May, Pete goes to Queens to find out what is wrong with Nate, who has been giving Pete the cold shoulder. Pride and competition cannot fill these empty arms. And Spidey, Pete tracks down the bad guy who turns out to be Norton Fester, the looter, and leaps into action to stop him. Spidey takes a few lumps, but ultimately hands Looter his booty. And it gives Nate a chance to do literally anything he can. He is wheelchair bound to save his love, Mae Parker. It really was insane for him to even try, but the more I know, the less I understand. Spidey saves the day, and it looks like man Nathan might be able to mend fences. And it looks like Nathan extended Pete some forgiveness. Even if... Even if you didn't understand the song I wove into the synopsis, I hope you appreciated it. Back to you, Pat. I'm trying to figure out the song. It's like, I think I know it. And oh, it's like you're trying to get down to the heart of the matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. The thing gets about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Even if, even if. You don't love me anymore. Oh, very good, Delvin. And you had me guessing. I've kept hanging on on the seat of my seat. Y'all with the Eagles. Little. You just don't get the Eagles songs. And I'm, I'm surprised at that. I guess I'm just not a desperado. Yeah. <laughs> One of these nights you're going to get it. Yeah. One of these nights. Yeah. Of these crazy old nights. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get into what did we think about the story. And we'll move it over to Jared. The story overall, my friend, it was okay. Very Web of Spider-Man of the 80s. I really kind of emotionally felt like I was connecting with Aunt May because she was basically saying to Nate, I miss you much. Got another Janet Jackson song in there. Okay, good. I, I did like that relationship. I'd forgotten about Nate. Jason and I were subscribing to this book back and well, subscribe. We we're picking up every episode we could find at Stars and Stripes bookstore in Germany. And I just always remember this era because he was rocking that the Spinner costume that he picked up in Germany. It was really kind of cool that when Jason and I went to Germany, so did Spider-Man. Like it's like he came oh. with us. <laughs> it was like, I actually had some D Spinner. Comics. comics. Yeah. The German Spider-Man. The German Spider-Man comics. So <laughs> definitely going to hit me in the feels on the when we do our memories. But what, you got a question there, Pat? Yeah, because I had a question. When I read that, I'm like, what does the spin? means the I got die spinner. I got die spinner. It's German for the spider. And that's how he's known in Germany. He's just the spider. And, and in, in this continuity, he had gone, he mentioned it in the book, he'd gone to Germany but, yeah. and he ended up having to buy a costume from a costume shop. That's why it literally has the oh, spinner on it. And okay. he had to use that. And he, he got every bit of mileage he could get out of that costume. Which brings me to my next question about Mary Jane, when she says, oh, I have a really good friend that will hook you up. Now, if you're Peter Parker, knowing Mary Jane's history, do you immediately follow that up with, did you sleep with this guy? <laughs> Listen, Tiger. <laughs> Or do you just count you your know my recent history? Yes. Yes. You follow <laughs> that up with some questions. You know, or do you just take the win that you are, you know, married to Mary yeah, Jane? You're, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, villain was kind of lame. I don't want to take it. I know this isn't Chronicles. So there's not rounds and I don't want to take everything. So 
I'll just leave it at that D. Spinner thing, my stupid joke with Janet Jackson, and just the cool memory. I've forgotten about Nate uh, Labinsky. Was that his name? Mm-hmm. This yes. whole this kind of era. So it's kind of like welcoming an old friend back home. So I'll leave it at that. And Pat, you can give it to whoever you want. Well, I'll just kind of throw a little few of my stuff in here right now. Thank you for explaining what the die spinner is. The spinner. The spinner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading it all wrong, too. I'm like, why has he got something written on his back? And what's <laughs> going on? And why is this crazy old homeless lady unraveling it? But now she's it makes more sense. About it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's getting like creepily <laughs> excited. She <laughs> wanted to see the splitter on that critter, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa. Hey, no, what's going on here? But I wanted to know. How many other people has Aunt May dated by now? It's like how many men like have she Mary had? Jane of senior yeah. citizens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the old, made some sugar. The old bird has been around, and then but what's even worse is Aunt May's kind of a black widow because pretty much everyone that she dates or marries dies. Oh, I know what we had Doc Ock. We've got Nate. We've got Willie Lumpkin, I think, is eventually going to be in on that. Yep. J. Jonah Jameson's dad. Yep. Oh, J. Jonah really? father. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She gets oh, around oh. like a record. <laughs> like a record. Yeah. A lot of those uh, dudes wind up uh, wind up kicking the bucket. I don't think things ended up well for Nate. I can't remember what happened to him. But I don't think it ended well for him. He wasn't doing great when I stumbled on him this issue to be. No, he wasn't. He was, he was not doing the best, but he did everything he could to get back in Aunt May's um, good graces. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Delvin, what's your thoughts on the story? Good story. I, I liked it. For some reason, I just liked that it was pretty self-contained. But that was the beauty of Web of Spider-Man. It was never the main title. It was never meant to be the main title. It was kind of that offshoot of Spidey's adventures. So I like that this was a contained one-issue story. It kind of just went a little bit further into the story that was going on into Amazing Spider-Man. I also had in my collection Amazing Spider-Man 301, which came out at the same time this did. And that came out after the very, very seminal Amazing Spider-Man 300, which was the first appearance of Venom. Like the first main appearance of Venom. And Venom, as we all know, has the black costume. And that is reason enough that Spider-Man was like, like I mean, year, years ago, he gotten rid of the symbiote. And then now it's like black costume. Mm-mm, no, I don't want anything to look like black anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I, I could understand all of that. And so they didn't have to touch on all that. But. It, it did go in a little bit and kept that continuity coming into this book and went into a story of its own. And I like that. Could you tell me how many Spider-Man comics were out at this time? Was it spec? <sighs> there was, yeah. Uh, Jared holds up three fingers. And I think he's right. I think there was spec Spidey, there's Webb, and then there was amazing Spidey. Okay. And I think that was it. Later on, there was the adjectiveless Spider-Man. That was Todd McFarlane's Farland's book up. to start with. And then he left after about a year and a half, maybe. But they kept that book going for a little bit. Now, I've never read a lot of Web of Spider-Man. My collection and when I started collecting some of the Spider-Man's one were probably in the early 90s, around in that time frame. So getting to read this Web of Spider-Man in 88 was interesting to me. And Delvin, I like how you put it where... 
the stories are kind of weaving together, but Amazing's probably the flagship. Definitely the flagship. Like Web of Spider-Man is, it's always been second tier. I think I have a full run of volume one of Web of Spidey, which is something, yeah, it's something like Jared uh, was pointing and saying he does too. And it's something to be kind of proud of. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I got a full run of Web of Spidey. Like, well, you know where I got mine and how I got it, so I don't know if I should be proud of it. <laughs> Heart of Dixie, baby. Yeah, I have a full run of it, and it was it's just one of those where, you know, they were it was always the B-list Spidey book. Which nothing wrong with that. A B-list Spidey is better than a lot of A-list a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. I, I always really liked Web. I mean, I know we're stepping on Jason's time, but <laughs> that's okay. Whatever. That's all right. I do it to you guys all the time. It, it, it was like, you know how I was like rampaging Hulk. You know, I always like that book that's just a little less stressful, but you get to have a little fun. Maybe it builds a little bit on the story. But I think in this one, I didn't know what to expect going into it. And so what I'm coming out with it is more character building that goes on in this one. A little more background on some of the other characters. So then when you see them in like amazing, you can get a little more backstory on them and you know where they're coming from then on that. Mm -hmm. Jason, what's your thoughts on the story? Yeah, I think just to build off of what you guys are talking about, you know, how Delvin mentioned that it's, you know, it's not really an A-list villain. It's not a core story. And Pat, to your point, you know, it's kind of character building. The one thing that I really appreciated was, how all of the characters that seemed to come into this particular issue had something unique and memorable about them. We had a homeless person. We've had homeless people in several of the Spider-Man books, but he actually interacts with this one. And this one's obviously got a few screws loose and is trying to take his suit apart. And he has to deal with that, but he does it in such a Spider-Man way, you know, that I think it really brings out the character of Spider-Man. It shows the character of the city, how they're such complex people. The pawnbrokers from the different pawn shops had their own unique personalities and senses of humor that had me cracking up at a couple of places. So I just really appreciated, we don't really have a big brawl with the Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus and the Sinister Six. What we have here is a D-list supervillain that's hit the bottom of the barrel and has stepped over the line with Spider-Man threatened his Aunt May. But throughout the course of the story, we do get to see some just great moments of Spider-Man interacting with his city. And I thought that that was just wonderful. And I really enjoyed the issue. I thought it was quite good. I definitely agree with you on that one. There's definitely good character moments happening here. And I got a chuckle to see that Chuckles is still around, being said so. Some of the fun he, quips. He called someone Chuckles? Yeah. He said he called somebody Chuckles. i like, oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. You know we what? Got I, es- we got Esposito back, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. I thought that was top of the pops, <laughs> as Mary Jane would say. But I don't know who says that. I don't know what that means, but I'm sitting, it's cool. She's hot, so she gets away with it. <laughs> That's right. How, how buff is Peter in this? He's like super buffing this. He's strutting around shirtless. He's yeah, I said, I'm like, whoa, man. man. He must be doing that PX90. Uh, P90X. Yeah, P90X. <laughs> what did I say? PX90. <laughs> he shows how much I work out. <laughs> but yeah, he's looking pretty buff. To that, I'm going to do my bow tie. 
<laughs> Get those blank Billy videos. <laughs> oh man, I was sweating to some new songs. To the old yeah. <laughs> with my short shorts. That are on sale now if you come down to um <laughs> oh boy, Pat's Bat Emporium. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to the story art in this. We'll bring it back to Jared. Thoughts on the art? Serviceable, good, not bad. The coloring had some problems in some areas, but, but, it's 1988 and that could have been a printing error and not necessarily a coloring error. I did get to look at it in its old school, not recolored as they tend to do on Marvel Unlimited. FYI, everybody, it's not on Marvel Unlimited. For some reason, it skips like four issues and this one's not on it. So it hasn't had the recolor treatment. So I looked at it in its classic way and the coloring was off. Again, could have been a printing error. So we won't jump on Janet Jackson. Well, I would, you know what? Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> control. I would go on sure, and escapade. <laughs> hey. Anyway, yeah, because I don't have control. Anyways, but overall, not bad. Not super memorable, but you know, that's it's like the theme of Web of Spider Man from the cover to the interior art to the story. It's all pretty good. It, it gives you a little bit of that extra Spidey as you're waiting for the next big piece to drop. And, and I like quiet moments like that. So I think the art style fit well the story i pass it to delvin jared if you did that with janet jackson i tell your mama i tell your friend so anyone he got right oh man i don't even know i have much more to add uh, I, i'm i'm along that same vibe i just think it's good like alex saviak i mean is he ever like anyone drew up a pantheon of Spider-Man artist, would Alex Saviak ever be on it? No, he wouldn't be. Is his work bad? No, it's not. It's it's good. It's serviceable. I've I have seen worse Spidey art, like far worse than that. So like I think it's it's done good. And if they skip of this issue in Web of Spidey, it's probably because Fabian Nicieza, I didn't even know that he ever wrote Web of Spidey. So when I went and looked and saw this book and saw that he wrote it, I'm like, oh. Okay, because I first knew Fabian Nicieza from, I think he wrote like the last bit of New Mutants and he definitely wrote X-Force and he wrote some um, un, some X-Men too. Yep. Uh, but I never knew about Web of Spidey. So I guess he was just kind of cutting his teeth. And so they were probably at a tweener time before. I know Jerry Conway wrote Web of Spider-Man for a long time. So anyway, that was probably why they skipped it, is that these were kind of just the one-offs before it launched into whatever was the main writer that got back on web. But good story, good art. I mean, is it as good as the flagship web of Spidey? No, especially not at the time. At the time, David Michelini was on Spidey and Todd McFarlane was on Spidey. So not being that, people were flipping out over Todd McFarlane and for good reason. But is this good? Yeah, it is. It's good. Jason. I'm going to do a hot take here, I think, because I actually like this art better than the Todd McFarlane art. I never was Whoa. a big Well, fan. sir, 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 sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because here's the thing. Todd McFarlane is a terrific artist. Like, as a cover artist, he's extraordinary. What Todd McFarlane struggles to do is tell a story with his art where every page has like two, three, one panels, you know, it becomes it, it, your stories drag out. So you, stories that should be told three or four issues are told in 
six, seven, eight issues. And what Savvy is able to do in here is really put a lot of story in panels. And there are two panels in particular here that I really appreciated. Number one is the opening spread. That homeless lady getting mugged in the alley with the guy. The lady's laying there and she has a nasty gash on her leg, if you look at it. Mm -hmm. And one little bandage over it, as if that's going to do so. I thought that is a just a great touch to show the kind of life this lady's leading. The alleyway itself, the details in there, the stagnant water by the trash can, you really get the sense of how dank and nasty this alley is and this world this lady's living in. It is a spectacular opening page. Then you fast forward to the fight scene. Even though this, you know, Spidey's fighting the D-lister here, I love the movement. I love the panel-by-panel action. I love the scene where the guy's swinging the big pole at Spider-Man, the power pole. (laughs) I did it again. (laughs) The chair's laughing at me again. Swings the big power pole. (laughs) 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 I'm trying to be serious, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you like him? (laughs) 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 Anyway, the, the... Power line thing, he's swinging that, and Spider-Man just kind of runs along it, jumps up, runs along it, and is punching this guy. Uh, shows his agility in that fight. The guy rips off the door. Peter punches him through the door. And, I mean, it's just the way that the artist lays out the fight scene here is just really good. So I think this guy is more than serviceable. I think he is quite good. And uh, I'm kind of ashamed that I didn't know who he was when I when I picked up the book. So if I were to summarize what you were saying, I think that you appreciate more of the classic layout style than you would say, like what became known kind of like the 90s style. Like they, they do it sometimes now, but really um, in the 90s, a lot of storytelling was told by splash pages. Yeah. Almost more than the layouts by panels and stuff like that. Like we're used to seeing in Amazing Spider-Man back, you know, when we do uh, Crusader Chronicles. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair statement. I, and, and again, I enjoy McFarlane's books. I thought his Spider-Man run was was excellent. And there's no doubt that he's a superior artist. I think just from a storytelling perspective, I really like. Saviak's style, and uh, I just really appreciate his ability to to lay out and put in a lot of elements in a story in one contained book. I just thought it was really good, really well done. Very interesting take on it, Jason. So I do appreciate you bringing that. I, for myself, am thinking I'm kind of in Delvin's camp on this one, as it's a, it's serviceable for me. But what I really like about it is I can see the difference between what we're currently reading in Chronicles. In the, you know, the 70s era. Now we're kind of 10 years later around there in that time frame. We're seeing a more close to 90s style coming out through here. Uh, a little more detailed, a little more spread out, some action shots. I'm really liking this as well, too. Cause so seeing that progression on how it comes from the 70s, this 80s, and then knowing what it was in the 90s is really cool to see. 
And I did think, like you said, it the art did help sell the story a lot more, too, as well on this. The interactions, the facial expressions, things like that. There were some parts in the backgrounds that were just blank or whatever, but that's okay. I kind of kept my eye more focused on what was happening uh, with the characters as well, too. So, And the coloring was nice. I thought Janet Jackson did a really great job. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. I'm not too nasty right now, so I'll wait for her to t- tell me that I can t- just, call her that. It's just Janet. Yeah, it's just Janet. Yeah. <laughs> if she was your colorist, the thing she'd color for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about the art, let's go ahead and give Jarrett a little time to ask us a special question. All right, gentlemen, you're at a con. You come across Alex Salyuk, which I actually have. We were both at Daytona Comic Con not too long ago. And he's got all the original pages for this issue. He says, you Longbox Crusade cats are the coolest. You can have any page you want of original art. Which one are you taking, Jason? Well, he's only going to give it to me because I'm the only one who spoke nice about him and said he was, uh, I preferred him over Todd McFarlane. <laughs> so he's probably going to be like, here, take my whole collection. <laughs> I will say this, Jason. You convinced me because I did remember as I was reading going, the action and the and the movement of story flows really well here. And I did yeah. notice that. So you, you, you did sell me on your argument. Underrated. He's underrated. Well, I think to answer your original question, I'm settling on page 20. Uh, the big pole swinging page. I'll just go ahead and get it out now. <laughs> Let me whip this out. I think, I think that there's some great action scenes here. Spider-Man. What was his name? The looter? Formerly known as Meteor Man. (laughs) Does it really matter? Uh, It doesn't. doesn't. The guy who clearly has never heard of professional sports where he could be making a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that there's a lot of good action sequences on there. I love that scene where he just runs kind of like up the telephone pole and then plants that kick right on that guy's kisser there. That's awesome. Yep. I, I'll go ahead and spoil it. Mine's the same one. I love that that motion of him running up the, the pole. Very good action, panel to panel. So I agree with you. And with that, we'll pass it to Delvin. Powerful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am on uh, page 16, where I like where Spidey drew the heart, but then like it kind of did like a little montage of him going through the city. It had a pretty good action pose. I mean, him kind of just doing the going to the different pawn shops to try and figure out what was going on. I like that scene and just that whole page. is just a few different different poses of Spidey, and I like that. What about you, Pat? I'm going to go with something different here. I'm going to go with page 18, and has nothing to do with Spidey, but just uh, the looter guy, and there is about five panels, one really long one, and then four other ones of the looter standing on top of the building. Then he jumps down and kind of rummaging through his shopping cart there and stuff like that. I just think there's a lot of detail in the lines and all that really draw me into there. And this is where you get some background stuff that's going on there. So like Jason said about that first page, you can really feel the grit in this one, I think. Yeah, I was just looking at that. You're right. There's a lot of detail, especially on that where he's standing on the the roof of the building mm-hmm. and you can see the kind of the skylines through the narrow alley. You see like all the bricks and the grime and everything. It's a, that's a well put together page. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, with the art out of the way, let's get to memories. Does this bring back any memories for you? Jared's been kind of waiting. 
said he had something for us. So let's hear. What do you got? I, I pretty much spilled the beans, man. This oh. we talk about living in Germany like every episode along Oscar said, but here we are again. Like I said, we moved there and Spidey went there at the same time. It was like he came with us, and it was just so cool to have that connection, you know, to be reading stories of Spidey in Germany after I got to Germany. It was really just a head trip, you know. And like I said, just revisiting Nate. That character that I'd forgotten about since then. And I mean, this is, this was probably when Jason and I were in our deepest and in, into comics, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was the thing. And so, yeah, that, that will really just be it for me. Surprise, surprise. It's once again tied to Germany, but man, it, it was great. And it was great in a big way. And then I'll find out, uh, may, maybe Jason can piggyback off those memories. Yeah, I sure will. I, I mean, it brought back memories of us making that trek to Stars and Stripes on a regular basis whenever those new shipments of comics would come in, going through the spinner rack. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of choices in, in the comics we were collecting back in the day, but, oh, I found some good deals at Stars and Stripes. Remember when I got the Demon in the Bottle trade paperback from Iron Man for like three bucks? Uh-huh, I was uh-huh. like, oh, holy cow, yeah. Yep. Wow. That was, that was wow. so awesome. And so we used to you know, go through there all the time. And, you know, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of money went, <laughs> you know, stars and us just to out. keep our memories going and, and no one else gets to participate. What was interesting about stars and stripes is not only did they carry Marvel and DC, but that's where Jason and I started buying first comic. Like mm-hmm. they carried Badger and Grimjack, Sable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like looking back on it now, I can't imagine why, but yeah. they did. And that's where I first read like Nexus. And things yeah. Like Nexus. That. Another one. Yeah. So, interesting time. Very cool. Delvin, memory? I like comics. <laughs> we all don't. Now, don't Pat, what about you? What you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have no great memories like that about, um, at least about childhood, but I'm, I was looking at the another almost, because I mentioned I, I almost did Amazing Spider-Man, but we do, we do Amazing Spider-Man and Crusader Chronicles, so Webb was a better fit for this. But what I also almost did was Transformers issue 41. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because that's, that's a little bit in the future or for Pat, but it was, I remember that kind of being a really good issue of Transformers because it was one of those all out battle royal ones. I think it was set on like the moon for some reason and Autobots and this, or where maybe it's just the Autobots going against the Autobots. And I don't want to say too much. Cause I want to give it away for Pat, yeah, yeah, but like there's a, la, 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 no, you're la, fine. La, la. No, you're fine. There's, it, it was, it was a battle for leadership and I'll just leave it at that. And so it, that was fun. And, and at that time, Transformers was still the only comic book that I was getting. I, I wish I could remember the point that I eventually finally started going and picking up Amazing Spider-Man 2. I was not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. It, that had to be a few more years down the line, but. Man, yep. I at least remember that, and I remember picking up Transformers issue 41 and liking it a whole heck of a lot. Pat, what's your memory? Kind of like you, I think this is where I begin to kind of fan out a little bit more on my comic book pickings. Um, I would be able to go to the Walden Books as well as a local comic shop down on Main Street that uh, had a few comics there too. So starting to get that feel of hey, maybe I should just venture out and get something else besides G.I. Joe and, you know, whatever else that kind of caught my eye. But I really am finding that I really like the stuff in 
this 80s period, I think in from like 85 forward is just some really great storytellings that I missed out on. And I'm really wanting to dive back into that area now that we got, you know, comiXology. You can get all this stuff, you know, at, at your fingertips right now just to go back and enjoy those stories and what build up the universes that I've come to enjoy and love and to get more background and history on them. This really wants me to just dig into the 80s comics and start reading them a lot more. You know who drew some of those G.I. Joe issues before he got big on Spider-Man? Tom McFarlane. Tom McFarlane. That's true. And that's amazing, too, because, you know, back then you're like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. But now you see all them all grow up like that and just see their progression, the artists, the storytellers, everybody. Just really interesting to go back in time and kind of think about it and go all over it. So, All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring this part of the show to an end. You got a comment or a question? Send us some memories, things like that about this issue. Send it to us in an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page. And we will be right back. thousand words, 5,000 individual entries, 453 pages, 271 stories covered, 80 original illustrations. It all adds up to one book, the James Bond Lexicon, the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. Welcome back from the break. Let's continue on with the show. Now it's time to scan through the featured issue of Web of Spider-Man number 39 for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Here are the ads that stood out to us in this issue. We will start with Jared. Oh, we are still in the era of Nintendo. And Konami has an ad. They're advertising two games. They're advertising Jackal and Contra. All right. Granted, Contra, the better game. Everybody loved Contra. Especially if you had the cheat so that you could mm-hmm. get unlimited lives. What was that? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, B-A start. start. Select start if you could play two players. Which I did, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, because back then, when you were playing Contra, you basically were imagining you were Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and you're killing aliens, and it was a lot of fun. But Don't Sleep on Jekyll, not a bad little driving game where you uh, drive and blow stuff up. Not bad, pretty decent. I mean, Konami's famous for making great games. I made my favorite franchise of all time, which is Castlevania, which I believe I picked as the ad for the last episode of Longbox Crusade. (laughs) So I'm going to keep carrying the flag of Konami, great company that makes great games. With that, I will pass it to Pat. All right. I'm going to go with the other ad that was a fun game to play, and that was Captain Power. Woo! I love Captain Power. Woo! Woo! 
This was a great, fun toy that you had. I actually have it, still have it. Just, you know, it's kind of worn and torn. But what this was cool was that it was a spaceship, and on the bottom it had a gun, and you hold onto it, and you would trigger on it. It came with a videotape, and it would go through maybe like a 10-minute segment or something like that. And it would, I don't know how the lights and work off of it, but you could shoot at it, and it would fire back at you. And if you missed or if you got hit by it, your guy would explode out and he'd, go, and he'd come right out of the out of the cockpit of the machine. Yep. I need you to do a second take. More enthusiasm. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was freaking great. I always wanted one. My next door neighbor friend had one. I, I used to go over there to play Captain Power. Uh, that was cool stuff, Pat. There was a television show, too, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. But I used to this- go over there to play Captain or with his sister. <laughs> I would have. It was all right. It was all right. Yeah. And if, if Jason missed too much, it would, it would explode right, right out of right his cockpit. <laughs> and probably once or twice. She was pretty good looking. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, well, uh, there's another tainted memory. <laughs> Delvin. I'm piggybacking off of Jared's, and I just, I played too much Contra growing up to oh, not yes. mention Oh my goodness. Like the first person I remember having it was uh, one of my uh, childhood buddies, Keena Jackson. And we would go to his place and we'd sit in his, like they live in an apartment and we would sit in the front room of that apartment and we played so much Contra. Like, oh my goodness. Like, so yeah, that, that game is, I could still probably pick up that game and still remember the eight stages and how it ends and everything and all. Yeah, uh-huh. love that game so much. How, how many times, or who hasn't on this panel here, who hasn't had like a sleepover at somebody's house that had the Nintendo, and all you did was just kind of either playing Contra or Mario, trying to get to wherever it was, and it was like, we're doing an all-nighter, we're going to beat this game. Oh, yeah, had to, had to, I mean, had to flip Contra, you know, because with 30 lives, if you couldn't, if you could not beat Contra with 30 lives, then just like... Turn in your gamer license. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you had to do it. And so I, I played, oh, yeah. I played that and I played, I mean, plenty of uh, Street Fighter so, so much, especially in high school, but also Super Mario 3. Oh, man. So much Super Mario. Mm-hmm. 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 Jason, what top ad for you? I'm going to go with the Marvel pins. I wasn't as big of a video gamer uh, for folks that don't know. I'm the distinguished gentleman of this group. So I'm a little, little bit older, wiser. Jason pushed a hoop with a stick. I did. Yeah. (laughs) And I liked it, but I love these Marvel pins. Uh, The ad that has Wolverine saying there are two ways you can get these pins. You can buy them or take mine. Oh, these pins are pretty sweet. You got me me out here, Jason. Are are we pins? I N or E N pins? I N. So they're like, they were like little metal pins you could just put like on your okay. jacket or whatever. And you, you got Daredevil, you got Wolverine, you got Black Spider-Man, Red and Blue Spider-Man, Captain America, and Silver Surfer. Yeah, I'm all in on these pins. I want this pin collection. It's a good lineup. Those are cool. Definitely. I would have put those pins on my jean jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All over it. Got it. It'd be cool walking to school, coming in with a jean jacket full of cool pins on. Man. Playing the stroke by Billy Squire. Everybody, stroke. the game. Strokes the word. Don't take no rhythm. Don't take no stop. Oh goodness. Oh man. Fun, 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 fun ads. I just want to mention one quick one too. It's the Dragonlance 
book of the Forgotten Realms, the Crystal Shard. So uh, that's a cool series, cool novels going on there. There's tons of them now, and it has to out there that have this whole series. And so, did they tie cool. into the games at all, or are they like, or or were they just standalone novels based on the game? I think it's novels based on the game. Yeah, okay. uh, on that that realm, just storytelling from that those campaigns or things like that. So that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Great stories to read. With that, let's go ahead and see if you got a comment or a question on this as well. Love to hear it. If there's an ad that stood out to you, let us know. Tell us if you had a Captain Power. Or maybe your friend that you went over had a Captain <laughs> Power and you hung out with the sister. <laughs> she was really good. Looking. She was hot. <laughs> Let us know. You can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or send a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page. Now let's continue on with the next segment called Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? June 1988. Got it. Take me away. I don't mind. But you better promise me I'll be back. All right, here's some major news for June of 1988. And I'm going to start us off with June 1st. Morton Downey Jr. Show debuts in TV syndication. Ooh, this is like the era of talk shows, so that's a fun I've never stuff, seen a Morton Downey Jr. I could pick him out of a lineup, but I never watched an episode. Me neither. I remember him being controversial, but that's about it. He, like he smoked all guy, the time but... and he had big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. Uh, okay, I'm going to go down to the next one. On June 3rd, the film Big, directed by Penny Marshall and starring Tom Hanks, premieres in the U.S. I like that movie. How about on June 4th, Ricky Henderson steals two bases for the record 249 stolen bases as a New York Yankee. And Ricky being the humble guy that he is, I'm sure that he just stole the base and didn't make any noise about it. <laughs> He was a kind of a central figure in Jason and I's life because then he moved to Oakland and uh, his mother stayed in a nursing home out there and our grandmother worked there. So she got to know Ricky Henderson. She used to get us like autographed stuff and posters and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. Ricky Henderson was important in our life. And you know whose record he broke would be Lou Brock. Yeah. And I've also met him and gotten his autograph. <laughs> You got me actually a card, an upper deck card, and it had Ricky Henderson on one side and Lou Brock on the other. Uh, this was commemorating the uh, stolen you know, the stolen base record. And you had Lou Brock sign that card for me. And I later gave it to Grandma, who got Ricky Henderson to sign his side for me. And when I moved from Germany, the movers stole my card. It's mm. still dirty. Kills me today. Yeah. Ironically, my Lou Brock signed card was also stolen by movers, <laughs> which is really, really ironic since he's known for stolen bases. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'll move along. I got a sidetrack. I wound up Jason, which we should never do. Um, never do that. Never do that. On June 6th, three giant turtles were found in a Bronx sewage plant. Pretty sure they missed one. Pretty sure there should have been four giant turtles at the Bronx. I think he was getting pizza. If you see where, okay, see where I'm going with this. Yes. The party dude. Yeah, but true story, they found three giant turtles at the Bronx sewage plant. 
I remember they presumably someone had gotten turtles and like flushed them and they made their way there and actually survived and grew. That was the whole story. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. On June 17th, Microsoft releases MS-DOS 4.0. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You used to see how many megabytes the the kilowatts that I had going on with that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. With my 386. You could run WordPerfect. Yes. Lotus Notes. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, I see the one I got to leave for Jared. So I'm going to go with June 25th, Roger Rabbit cartoon character debuts, and who framed Roger Rabbit? What was it he was trying to get that to sort? Like, he needed birds, and he'd hit himself, and he'd get, like, stars and, like, (laughs) elephants, and he kept hitting himself on the head. The director's like, I need birds. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of taking falls and bouncing off the walls. If you didn't have that gun, I'd have some fun and kick you in the knees. Knees don't knees rhyme with don't rhyme with walls. That's right, but no, this but does. This does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been Jason. Nobody's Perry. seen it too many times. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, check the probate. <laughs> My Uncle Thumper had a problem with his probate. He had to take these big pills and drink lots of water. Anyway, it's Delvin's turn. On June 19th, the world's then largest sausage uh, was completed <laughs> at 13 and one eighth miles long. That's a big pull. Yeah. Any other larger sausage you might want to talk to your mom about. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of sausage. We'll just have to settle for the top 10, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know Jason was kind enough to leave me the last day, June 30th, 1988. One of my very favorite television shows premiered. It was Sledge Hammer, starring David Rash. Rash, not sure how he pronounces it. Very funny show. And oh, by the way, comic book connection. Marvel Comics actually did a Sledgehammer comic. I think it only lasted two issues, but my son enjoyed the TV show so much. That's what I got him for Christmas last year. He got the issue one and two of Sledgehammer by Marvel. Oh, wow. Cool. I wanna be. Ha! <laughs> 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 oh, no! Rehashing old bits. Trying to do a show here, and all y'all got is bits. <laughs> Never stop being funny to me. Let's go ahead and get into the top three movies for June 1988. I'll start us off with number three, and Jason mentioned it earlier. It is big. Coming in at around $152 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. The only thing that was bigger than that was a little Eddie Murphy film called Coming to America that scored... Two hundred and eighty-eight million dollars. Well, believe it or not, Jason, there was one that was even more than that. That would be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which made a little over three hundred fifty-one million dollars. Good God, that's a lot of chicken. Wow, food. those are three very successful movies, though. Yes. Very good movies. Very All good fun movies. movies. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get to top three songs according to Billboard at this time. Jared? I'll pick I just wanted to say that naughty girls need love too. Yeah. What about naughty boys? Oh crap. Coincidentally, that's the number three song. That was just <laughs> I was just making a statement. Oh. Naughty Girls Need Love Too by Samantha Fox at number three. Can anybody refresh me on that one? Because I got nothing. Samantha Fox. Naughty girls need love too. I just remember the opening. Maybe. 
Just maybe. Naughty girls, girls need, need love, love too. too. And then they break into the song. That's the only uh-huh. thing I remember about. Naughty girls kind of doesn't love well gravitate towards them. <laughs> That's right. Well, you're yeah, saying when I'm on the hunt, <laughs> <laughs> you know who naughty girls get with though. Hmm. Nasty boys. Number two. Number two, Pat. Number two is a shattered dreams coming in from Johnny hates jazz. Great time to be alive. <laughs> oh, man. But coming in at number one, I'm sorry, number three, number two, just pack up your bags and go home because it's the great George Michael with Can't We Give It Just One More Try. That look in your eyes. There are things that, that I don't want to learn. <laughs> and the last one I had made me cry. So I don't want to learn to hold you. Oh man, was there anybody better than 
George. You know, I did not appreciate George Michael enough when Mm-mm. he was in not when we were young. No. He, yeah. he was like, it was the eighties. He's like, he's too fruity for me, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he then is- like you grow up and you get his greatest hit CD and you hear the pipes and you're like, this cat was so talented. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> George, George Michael is very, very freaking good. Oh, <laughs> very. Love- Love Very good. I, I turned the corner. I'm in college, Delvin. I, that's when I got the Ladies and Gentlemen two disc CD, and I was like, I like every song. <laughs> I'll tell you what it was for me was when he did the Queen tribute. Mm, and yeah, and somebody to love. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness! Yeah. I always wish they would have stuck with him as the new front man of Queen. Me too. They went younger with um crap. I can't remember his name. Jason, help me out. Adam Lambert. Adam. Well, yeah. Before they did that, though, they went with um. Oh gosh, the guy from uh, Bad Company. Uh, You're the only one that can bail uh, you out. <laughs> yeah. uh, hold on, his queen. Uh, Let's just go. <laughs> oh, All right, well, we're as Jason Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers. I like Kenny Rogers. Oh, that's good. Start. Yummy chicken. I will start reading. I will, I will. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow and leave a comment on Twitter at Lombox Crusade. We will be right back. Between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords and magic whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Days of High Adventure, a new podcast discussing a variety of comics that fall into the fantasy or sword and sorcery genre. Available on most podcast services and Anchor FM. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments. Special shout out to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Albert Elvis. Beer Blair. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Slacker. Kathy Bright. Monstrous Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Rosmus Show. Ryan Daly. Samantha Meany. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list... We do apologize. Please keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, just let us know we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade 
For as little as $1 a month, you will get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Why don't you? Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade Headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. I think we have a lot of social media likes, shares, and retweets, so we better get to it. Hope you guys packed a lunch for the discussion of episode 27 of Longbox Crusade, where we talked about Uncanny X-Men 256 from December 1989. Pat. A number. Another summer. Get down. Down to the funky drama. All right. <laughs> Oh my, yeah, stop. <laughs> Actually, stop when I asked you to stop. That was, uh, anyway, it was part of the Mary Marvel Marching Brothers Society. Brothers and sisters! <laughs> 2020, 2021, where we talked about the uh, Acts of Vengeance. Uh, it was the whole podcast event. Feel good thing of March uh, 1921. We have, oh my goodness, 123 names. My Let's goodness. Get our Micro Machine Man on, boys. Let's do it like wow. Micro Machine Man would. All right, I will start, and we will get them going. After Flames, Al Sedano. Gotta get Alan, Alan Middleton. Alan Passman. Alvin White. Andrea Emos. Andrew Masha. Andrew Morris. Andrew Rodriguez. And Helica Fetty Wolf. Oh. Ashball Gabriel. Bill Beer. Bill Schmidt. Billy Dunlevy. Bob Buster. Bradford William. Brian Hughes. Brian Yates. Brian W. Frazier. Byford St. Clair. Charlie Green. It's a show. <laughs> Chris Sheehan. Four. Chris at VTL Bagbooks. Put it on. <laughs> so much easier when Jason's not on it. <laughs> I've said that so many times. <laughs> Christopher P. Cisneros. Clinton Robinson. Coffee and Comic. Comic Reflections. Hmm. Conlon J. Gregory. Del LaRose. Danilo Dulay. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Derek William Crabb. Desi LaSalle. Ed Zawaki. Ezekiel Minetti. Fabio Oliveira. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. <laughs> Fan Holes Podcast. Felix Maldonado. It's a name I haven't. Heard in a while. Francesco Vanagoli. Gene Hendricks. Gordon Ferret. <laughs> Green Lantern HG. Hal Halverson. Hal Jordan. Hannessy Smith. Hilton Jackson. Okoff. <coughs> Hugo Benitez. Ivan Chudley. Jake Bear. James Windsor. Jason Miley. Jeff Brown. Jeffrey Fonzo. Hey. 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 Jeremy Spaulding. Jerome B. Jesse Beaver. Jim Harris. Joe Ginty. Joe Thomas. John Cott. Junior Logan. Justin O'Leary. Justin Steiner. Kathy Bright. Ken Soto. Kenneth Wilson. Kevin Christopher. Christian Johnson. Lance Thomas. Laurel at Mountainflower from Action Film Face-Off. <laughs> Lucia Viana. Laurel's not from Action Louise Armando SC. Lucas Tida. Luke Ed. Manuel Caniette Mendoza. Mark J. Haraya. Matt Large. Matthew Jerula. Matthew Vane. Max Traver. Michael Andrews. Michael Brussel. Michael Tennant. Michael Wagner. Mike Smith. Old doodlebags himself. Monica Montesinos Cuyante. Monthly. Monday. Movie. Muck about. Morris Caldwell. Guano Man. Nick Bottomley. Nicholas Corin. Omaha Bound. Oscar Chaprio Caceres. Oscar Damien. Philip Packer. Ranger Gord. Ronaldo Nelson. Like to buy a Val Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Rietstra. Rick Heineken. Robert Myers. Rolled Spine Podcast. Ruth Sutherland. Ryan Cranky. Saul Lerman. Scott Folden. Secret Wars and Beyond. Steve Tony. Bitani. Telepathic Bunny Comics, but they already knew that. Terrence Jones. The Hammer Strikes! Geeky stuff and hashtag voiceover. The only American Captain Britain fan. Not true. I like Captain Britain. Jared. I was just sorry. Thomas Bottom. Thomas Swayford. Tim Barbara. Tim Hansen. Tim Price. Tim Tishenor. Timothy Bush. Bernard Jeffries. Warlord World. And Zachary Carter. 
Woo! We did Woo. it. Oh, goodness gracious. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the love. My goodness. Yes. Yeah, that's a ton. And we got a little bit more. We got a few comments to read. Uh, we're going to at least pick one. And I'm going to go with a newbie here of uh, Michael uh, Brussel, who said, in my mind, this isn't an old issue, but it's actually 30 plus years old. Bought it off the rack for a buck when I was new. The weird thing is books just as old back in 89 were in not such great shape. Oh, yeah. They were putting them on the newsstands. Those and mofos were all <laughs> bent up. They didn't care. You didn't either, actually. You just wanted to read the story. I know I know that's that I'll struggle, Mike. I'm with you there, man. I'll pick one up from big time supporter of the show, Angelica Fetty Wolf. Ow! She said, you know, any episode featuring the wolf pups in the intro is a favorite. And I love that intro, too. I'm really glad that the wolf pups gave us that. And that serves as a reminder to any listeners out there that want to be in an intro for us. Just drop us an audio file saying who you are and that you're listening to the Longbox Crusade Network and any other funny stuff you want to add. And we'll we'll turn it into an intro. Yeah. Just like we do the wolf pups. Definitely. Definitely could use some new intro. So go ahead and send it on our way. I'll take one from GLHG. He is always a good fan of ours and enjoy his comments. And he says, man, I had such fun with this episode. Laughing, you face crying with your eyes. Preparing for a long tweet. First off, great episode, guys. Secretly loving Bon Jovi. Ooh, aren't we all? I'll be man enough to admit that I had all their albums. Want it dead or alive on a prayer are anthems of my youth. Also, recipes for you to try. Hmm, I only cook cereal. <laughs> a smiley face, laughing face, crying. I do cocoa puffs and some walnuts, a sliced banana and sliced strawberries. But I would like to hear you guys try recipes again. And I think we do have one. We didn't get it ready in time enough for this show, so we will share it with the next show. Oh, I forgot we had one. Somebody actually email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Oh, we actually checked that account. <laughs> I do when I'm cleaning <laughs> off Christmas decorations, yes. Oh, oh goodness. Well, I'll pick one here from uh, Coffee and Comics. Pat, this is going to you because he wants to know. He says, uh, Pat, does Night Ranger count as butt rock? Well, there's two ways I can answer that. Okay. One, it does count as some butt rock, I guess, according to what we've heard. And when I asked it uh, from you, Jason, that it is butt rock. And when they dissed me in my hometown and didn't go on stage, that hurt my butt rock. Yeah, you were butt hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, butt sore, yeah. 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 So it was like butt hurt rock. Yeah. I still, now, love, I them. I still the- love them. I still love them. If I remember the story right, they even like had the, the instruments set up on stage and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were like, ready to go. Ready to yeah. go. Yep. And then it's like it, two drops of rain later, and they were like, we yeah. out. I did, I did get to talk to the drummer, so it was cool. That's good. Told him how, told him how much I appreciated them. Yeah, what was their price for flight? Two drops of rain, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked their motor in. It's <laughs> <Hit> the highway. <laughs> From monthly Monday movie muck about not Jeff, who said, uh, I had many, many thoughts listening to you guys discuss this, and there are I uh, may have been a few times I was yelling at you guys, but mostly I was just laughing as I power washed my driveway. And so I just asked him in a spirit of positivity, give us one thing you yelled at and two things you laughed at. Jared, huh? Yeah. You, you approve of that? Picking up what you're putting down. I like that. All right. Good, good. More positivity than negativity mm-hmm. there. 
And so, uh, not Jeff replied. The first thing I yelled at was when Jason said that Jamie was Captain Britain. Slip of the tongue, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you caught that, though. I laughed at the constant butt rock riffs. And the moment you called out the drawing of Psylocke and Jason slipping into Sean saying, good one, Lade. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusade.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jarrett, Jason, Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason. Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Passing it to you, Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977, passing it to Jared. You can find me at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist and possibly at your local Long John Silvers. Pat? Getting those hush puppies. Mm. Man, wow. if you go hunting young, Long John Silvers, you better bring some tartar sauce. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming back around. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered in to win some fun, free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start around 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click that bell. Smash it. You'll get subscribed and reminder notifications for when we go live with a lot of other shows we got going on. We have one of our newest shows on there, Delvin. Do a quick plug for it. Yeah, uh, it's called Come Out to Play. It is a New Warriors podcast where we are chronicling the 1990s uh, New Warriors, Volume 1 from Marvel Comic Books. So Jared and I have done uh, one and two so far. And we're looking forward to doing a lot more. We've gotten a decent amount of interaction with the fans, with the audience who've uh, listened to us. And it's been a blast so far. More goodness to come. Love it. You guys are doing a great job. And I don't want to forget, also on the YouTube, you can go and watch some of the older episodes with Jared and Mark Hatherley. Talking about Shipwrecker and talking with creators as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, Creator Spotlight on a little bit of a hiatus right now. Because uh, Mark's had some craziness with his real-world schedule. But we'll be back soon and look forward to talking with more creators out there spreading some love on the show. So, thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Longbox Crusade. You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at Longbox Crusade. Or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read the the wall!
The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. You better sell it like that when you talk about it, Pat. I need the energy. Just get power. I need two pops and a hiss, minimum. We would, we would try. I would try. <laughs> not, not, that's not confidence, Philly. Yeah, I'll give it a shot, man. <laughs> i give it a shot. Man, if you best go Moby Dick, you better bring tartar sauce. Hell man. yeah, Jason. <laughs> I'm going to sauce it up. <laughs> Boss, I can do it. Just put me in. Green Philly. <laughs> June 1988. Take me away. I don't mind. But you got to promise me I'll be back in time. Bump, bump. What's in your lumbox? Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>